Rugby League. Lots to talk about. The player is going to be facing an 87% pay cut. Just imagine that. 87%. That's effectively the whole goddamn lot. Could a season start to be played? When, if so, could it be played without spectators? What about State of Origin? Is that even going to go ahead this year? Well, he joins us. Who does? Laurie Daly, the legend that he is. We're all in lockdown here, pal. And no sport, of course. No live sport for the last week. I understand that you're doing a breakfast show as well. Just coping as best we can. What's it like? Yeah, that's exactly right. You've just got to make do with a bad situation. It's uh, affecting everyone around the world. Obviously, over there in New Zealand, you've got uh, tough restrictions at the moment, but it's for everyone's safety. And obviously, we want to try and get on top of it as, as fast as we can. Um, I've got family over there, um, myself, and you know, you're worried about how they're coping. But um, at the moment, uh, fingers crossed everyone's doing the right thing and we can beat this uh, horrible virus. Well, speaking of horrible things, horrible topic to start with, but I want to get this out of the way so we can talk about things that we love about league. Is 87% too much? And look, the icky thing I find about this is discussing somebody else's pay cuts in public just doesn't feel right. No, you're 100% right there, uh, Martin. I, I think it's it's no one else's business. But the fact is, uh, over here, in particular in Australia, um, on the East Coast, it's the number one sport in this country and people are obsessed with rugby league and they want to know everything about the game and they want to know what's going on. Um, The game obviously is in a a tough situation Um, and the words of our uh, leader, uh, Peter Volandis, it's catastrophic if we don't get back onto the field this year. So uh, the finances of the game is not strong, so plenty of people want to know how they're going to save money and how the game is going to survive. There's been an offer, I think, made to the players of 87% pay cut. I think that's the worst-case scenario. I think that's based on no football getting played this year. Uh, obviously, it'll be scaled depending on if they get back onto the field and then play a certain amount of games. But again, if it's about saving the game and there's no revenue there, you, I, I suppose the players have looked at all the numbers and thought, well, something is better than nothing. And I know that Peter Volandis has copped a hell of a lot of criticism in the media, but can I just say, and this is, I'm only speaking on behalf of myself, look, I know that the NRL were only playing that second round under strict government guidance in terms of the medical thing. And and in actual fact, I applauded trying to keep some normality as abnormal as it was. I'm a great supporter of Peter Volandis. I think he's been a strong leader throughout this. He's been guided by medical opinion. And once the government told him that it could no longer continue, then he shut down the sport. Uh, But up until then, he was going to do the right thing by the sport and continue to push on. Uh, Obviously, things changed uh, pretty quickly, quickly, sorry, and we know uh, everything's changing quite rapidly um, and it changes on the hour, it changes on the minute. Mm. Uh, But I love strong leaders. I love leaders when they stand for something. um, They're prepared to go against the norm uh, if they believe in it. And as a code and as a leader, I think we're very lucky to have him in charge. Yeah, good on you. Because look, Kerry Packer said, leaders uh, have got two things to do, make decisions, make decisions. And somebody has to make decisions, and the guy was making decisions. Well, you don't want people that's wishy-washy in leadership positions. You want them to be uh, making it in the best interest of of their sport or whatever organisation they're in charge of. And, and, and as a participant, you need to fall into line. You need to back them 100%. Um, you, you don't want to have disunity. Uh, and, and again, I prefer the strong leader who's not there just to try and make decisions and make everyone feel warm and fuzzy. They're there to do what they think is in the best interest of everyone and everyone concerned. And I love the fact that he's been a strong leader. He stood up for what he believed in. And then the moment he got told that players were put at risk, he shut the game down.
Laurie Daly, you'll recognise the name, ladies and gentlemen, on the DRS. He's part of the Big Sports Breakfast on Sky Sport Radio in Oz, league legend, of course. Could a season start and be played with no spectators, do you think? I think it could. Um, obviously, it's not ideal because you want to make sure that people can get out and watch the game. But I think the situation we're in, and the reality is, I believe, Martin, that if we get back onto the field this year, I don't think it'll be in front of crowds. I think the games will be played, but I don't think crowds will be uh, allowed to attend. Uh, this thing is just not going to uh, move after three months and everyone gets back on with their life. Um, there's going to be plenty of changes, obviously, moving forward. But I think for this year, if we are to get back onto the field, I think the game can continue to play uh, to be played without fans. Not ideal, but that's the environment we're in. Laurie, the O word hasn't been mentioned, and that's because nobody wants to say that. Look, it won't be played this year. But you know, trying to get a, a, you know the club season going, and then trying to think, okay, somehow then we'd have to take a break for Origin. Is it realistic to think it won't take place? Well, I think it generates so much money for the game that they'd want to make sure that Origin was a part of the season. Uh, they're the three most highest watched television programs here in Australia every year, and they bring a lot of uh, income into the game. So. I think if we are to play rugby league this year, I don't know what the NRL competition will look like, but I, I believe that they will have state of origin uh, because just one game uh, generates a lot of money. Now, I know that you're not going to have the crowds there, which will be a bit of a bummer, um, but the eyeballs on rugby league, the eyeballs on state of origin is enormous here in this country and over there in New Zealand as well. Mm, oh, Harry, I was just thinking, if no one's in the stadium, you can actually hear on the mics, you can hear the hits and you can hear the... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you'd certainly hear that. And there's great uh, animosity um, yes. you know, between the Queenslanders and the New South Welshmen. So you'd be up close and personal. Look, can I just say on behalf of myself and my brother, I mean, you know, he lived in Sydney for 15 years. I've been a Blues fan. We're so far and few between here in New Zealand. Everyone's a Queenslander. But thank you, God, from the bottom of my heart for 2014, Laurie, and breaking that for us, pal. Oh, thank you very much, Mark. Yeah, it was very um, a special time because, uh, you know, obviously a lot of us have copped plenty of criticism um, and some of our players have been through a lot. But uh, Queensland was such a wonderful team. They've got, you know, had some all-time legends in that team and, um, yeah, to, to win against them was, was pretty special. Uh, unfortunately, we couldn't keep that role on going, but then the last couple of years we've been able to turn it around and uh, the players and, and Brad Fittler are to be congratulated for that. And um, Hopefully we might see some origin football this year. If we don't, one thing I do know about the great game of rugby league is very resilient. It's taken a lot of hits over a number of years uh, and it continues to bounce back and hopefully the game will continue to be the same um, you know I know that a lot of people doubt that it, it will be um, but I've been around for 50 years and I've seen it come and go and I've seen everyone throw a lot of things at, at the game uh, but it continues to thrive under all circumstances. Laurie Daly is with us on the DRS. And, and look, it's one of the thing I love about it as a series, one of the great things about it is you, you cannot fence it. You've either got to be maroon or blue. You've got to be a cockroach or a cane toad. And I don't know why. It's the only sport I feel like this in Australia. But I just hate them, Laurie. I just hate them. <laughs> well, you're not the only one, uh, Martin. There's a, a lot of people. But you're right. I think the thing that's very unique about state of origin is that you you are not necessarily a rugby league supporter or you don't follow the NRL at all everywhere in Australia. So over on the West Coast and down south, Victoria, WA, South Australia, you know, they're not league fanatics and some of those people wouldn't follow rugby league at all. But when it comes to state of origin, 
they do watch it and they do take a position. And I suppose, given New South Wales is the, the biggest state here in Australia, uh, everyone wants to hate the Blues. So uh, that fires New South Wales up again. They know that um, everyone is the game. I don't know. I suppose, it, is it like Auckland? Or yeah, same. Yep, same. Yep. Yep, 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 in the, in the local comp. So, yeah, being the biggest... Um, Biggest part of the, uh, the, the the country, everyone takes a set against you and, and wants to try and knock you off. So, but that's okay. I think our, our guys have always grown up with that and, and understand that. But uh, it's fascinating that yeah, everyone takes a position on it. Remember when you were playing, mate, and you they used to have the old bus that they had to drive down. They'd be throwing things at you and banging on the windows. All, all, got, all of them have got three heads and a tongue coming out their nose. Oh, Martin, it was, it's quite funny, and, and, and people don't believe you when you when you tell them the story. And there was that hatred uh, amongst the fans, and, and the street was called Caxton Street, and yep. it's about it's about 500 metres from the stadium, and it's just lined with pubs and bars. And they used to always take the bus down this street and there would be a parting of the ways because they'd be all on, out on the footpath and all out in the street and they'd be rocking the bus and they'd be throwing beer cans at the bus and they were yelling and screaming and some people used to get frightened by it, other people would grow in strength from it um, but it was a, a very unique experience and when I got told about it, I played in 89 and I experienced it and I was like wow, unbelievable but then they obviously the last probably 10 or 15 years they've shut it down for yeah. public safety um, but it was one of the great experiences of my life, driving down Caxton, Caxton Street and having all those Queensland supporters give it to you. A couple of quick questions, we'll let you go. Um, and one, of course, obviously, being the very first final we got here live, simply the best in the Winfield Cup, it was called 1989. And look, my great mate Gary Freeman was told me a couple of years ago, uh, he hasn't watched the replay. Look, I'm a Belmain fan as well, mate, it just guts me. But he said that yeah. up until that the up and under and it bounced in chicory, he said that they were actually congratulating each other that they'd won and he said he'd never told anyone that, and then Chicker scores. Yeah, it was an unbelievable game. Uh, I worked with the Wizards for a number of years, and I always felt uncomfortable talking about the 89 Grand Final because I know how much it hurt them to lose. Uh, you know, they, they'd been in the Grand Final in 1988. Ellery Henley got knocked out. Steve Blocker Roach uh, missed the Grand Final through suspension. But then they got back there the next year, and... And because it was a long time between drinks for Balmain, the whole of Sydney uh, jumped on their back. And we were this young, up-and-coming team. Uh, not many people um, had heard of uh, a lot of the guys in the team. They knew of Mel Meninga and Gary Belcher. That was about it. Um, and and we'd only been in the competition, I think, for six or seven years. So Balmain was a foundation sort of club, and everyone wanted to see Balmain win and Wayne Pearce and all the, the big-name players that they had at that time. And and we were struggling, although we felt as though we just couldn't hang on to the ball. If we hung on to the ball uh, in the second half, we, we could win the game. And it took us right until, what, a minute and a half to go before Chicken mm. scored the try. And you could see the air go out of uh, I could the feel Tigers it. You could feel it, yeah. yeah. You could just sense it. And then I think it was in extra time, Gary Jack dropped the ball off a kick downfield and we kicked the field goal off a scrum. And I just remember looking at the Tigers and, and they were flat as attack and we were... We were up. Uh, we were all highly energised, and and we were never going to lose it from there. But uh, it's certainly one of the great days in my footy career. And let's just quickly finally go through that team. You got Belch. You got uh, you and Mel in the centres. Uh, Ricky at halfback. A big Lazo up front, and that was sort of the start of his career. You had Steve Walters, of course, who was the the best of the Walters brothers. And the guy I want to yeah. leave till last is an. And look, you know, shoot me down if I'm being a bit exaggerative here. But I thought yeah. Bradley Clyde was a combination of Ellery Hanley's skills, Mark Graham's toughness, and Junior Pierce's composure 
exposure. And I keep saying to people, if this poor bugger, the injuries hadn't hit him, we would talk about him as an immortal. He was that goddamn good at 19. Yeah, exactly right, Mark. In fact, people ask me, and it's always difficult to, to nominate one person who you think is the, the best player that you've ever played with. But he he either is or he's in the top two or three that I've played it with. And I couldn't split him. I couldn't leave him out. Um, he was a, a fantastic player and a guy that... Um, he was the first sort of prototype player that they talk about um, edge back rowers that can run wide now. Uh, but Bradley was a 13 that could play and carry the ball like a front rower. Yes, play tough as hell, as a, tough as hell. Edge, edge back rower, yeah. And he'd be back on play two or three to carry the ball forward like a winger does today. Um, so he had everything, and unfortunately, injuries did hamper um, the longevity of his career. But from, say, 89 to 95, there certainly wasn't a better player in the game. No, I thought, and also, and I hope he gets reminded of that. And I know that, you know, you guys as, as players, you don't like talking about that yourselves. It's up to numpties like me to keep reminded. But I hope that he does that, how much pleasure he gave us and, and what a joy he was to watch and how goddamn good he was, even though he was cut short. Yeah, and it's funny, Martin, you know what? A, a lot of people um, that I run into say exactly the same thing. And he is not only a great footballer, but he's a wonderful person as well. And he's done a, a, a lot for the game. And um, we catch up, oh, we probably catch up there once every month, once every five weeks. We live in Sydney now, so oh, we brilliant. live just around the corner. So, uh, yeah, so it's good. And, and uh, Bradley, uh, certainly, I, I always say this to people, um, you know, you can pick any team in, 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 if you had to pick the best players in the game, and, and you know, you've got Johnny Rapers and these people, Ray Prices as, as the lock forwards that are nominated, you can take them all, the, all every day of the week. I'll take Bradley Card. I can have him in my team. I'll be happy. The truth and the bull. Thanks, Lazar. It's the Devlin Radio Show. Oh, what a treat. Very generous with your time, mate. Thank you, Thomas. Thank him very much for us. Laurie Daly there, ladies and gentlemen. Wish I could talk a little bit longer, a bit time pressed.